Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Subers actually had me ride the Harley Davidson into the chapel, so which got fired up all the kids. Which he, you know, at first I was like, Jim, that's really dorky. So I'm telling you, it's not dorky. They're kids, and you know, we tend to forget that kids, kids don't mind dorky if it's not really dorky. And so, so I did that and started interviewing. I got to share my testimony wrapped around my life, built around. God has let me enjoy motorcycle riding from the time I was 15 and how it's intertwined with who I am as a person. And that sounds so earthly and so, you know, but here's the thing. This is the message. God in his kindness wants me to be completely me. That's what every kid's looking for. They just want to find out who they are and be completely themselves and not have to be conformed with that. That thing that we just confessed, don't be conformed to the way the world sees you. Live transformed by how God has declared, what he's declared of you to be. And that can can be, uh, that's just supposed to be completely you. You know, I'll tell you, Kierkegaard in all his studies, you know, this is probably a little apocryphal, but he gets done studying theology and closes his last book, and, so, and this is his statement. Now with God's help, I shall become myself. God wants you to be completely you, which is alive in him. Because you died, and your life is now hidden in Christ. So being completely you looks just like Jesus. Jesus. Now that's not the sermon. That's just the the stuff. So pray with me one more time. Jesus, reveal yourself to our hearts this morning. We pray that great prayer that Paul prayed to the Ephesian church. We want the eyes of our understanding to get an enlightenment this morning. One little thing that's said. One thing that someone can hear in in your words towards us, one thing that that reveals the kindness and love of God towards us. Jesus, I ask for that for, for my own heart this morning, for the heart of my friends. If you've decided to lead us besides the water of reflections, the still waters, let us see ourselves as you see us. This morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been doing this whole study about how to read the Bible with new covenant eyes, how to see it and read it and embrace it. And then last week, uh, this is just for for sake, if you weren't here or anything, and how you can catch up. So the last one in that series of lessons was 
really the deep understanding of not living in a, what the fourth century declared was a heresy called Pelagianism. And not plagiarism, Pelagianism. Don't get the two mixed up. But it came from this guy named Pelagius who said he, he, his theological view was God does his part when we do ours. And the fourth century fathers went, that's heresy. Because it makes God dependent on man. And man is dependent on God. And God doesn't need us to do something. He's complete within himself. And so that even if you didn't do a thing for God, God would love you no less. And he was trying to say, this is, this is how God operates. That he only operates in response to you. And that's not true. We operate in our response to God. And that's why that was declared a heresy. The problem is, is the church lives in semi-Pelagianism today. Most of the church is in this uh, uh, thing, well, uh, God will bless those who bless others. No, that's not, those are all equations. And then where it's really gotten in trouble is through it, we learn to be sin managers. That's, that's what it leads to. Okay, I got to get this right. I got to get this right. I got to get this right. I'm still messing with that, but God will cover that. It's a little grace. And I got to get this right, and I got to get this right. It's not true. God never designed you to manage sin. You can't do it. He gave the law to us to, so that we would agree with the law that we can't do it. That's why the law, the law says this, this is, so then we become legalists trying to do Pelagianism and manage sin and try and do it through the law. And you can't do it. That's why Christ came. The law is there for one purpose, for you to go, <laughs> I agree with the law. I can't do this. <laughs> I see it. It says be perfect, and I'm no good at that. Matter of fact, I'm really good at the other thing, at imperfection. Look at all my, let me confess my imperfections. That's why I led you in that. That's the true repentance prayer is Romans 12. So the, the whole breaking of that, and then it comes down to this, then, well, you have to ask the question, what is our part then? If I don't have a part to play, then what's the point? I'll, let me just explode into space. Let me just, just discombobulate the molecules that make me up. If I don't have a part to play, if I'm, there's nothing I'm supposed to do, well, there he is. You're supposed to be Jesus on the earth. Can you see yourself as Jesus on the earth? Really, everything fights against it, doesn't it? That was the whole glory. See, the incarnation was one thing. That was Jesus coming as a human to the earth. But that led to something else, to the death and resurrection. Then the impartation came. Christ in you on the earth. First John 4. As he is, so are we on the earth. Now, it's not probably going to impress anybody if you're walking around going, I'm holy, I'm holy, I'm holy, and you're believing it. That's not being Jesus on the earth. 
okay? And there's things that we get to do. Here's what the plan of God, this is a, if you can connect all these this morning, I'm probably going to jump around because I've already left my notes. Uh, but if you can do Ephesians 1 and 2, our salvation was so that he had works laid out for us to do before the foundations of the world. He created you for good works. Well, there's only one thing that's good and it works. Jesus. So the way Pelagianism works is we were taught that we have to do a whole lot of things and move things into place to find the will of God. That's not what Ephesians says. Ephesians is actually saying, you are the will of God on the earth. You are. Now shine, baby. You know, I go back, you know, and it's, it doesn't always apply. I go back to my Pink Floyd days, you know. Shine on, you crazy diamond. You know, glory, blast them. Be it, be you. Christ in you, be completely you. you you're not complete without Christ, so be completely who you are in Christ. Isn't this exciting? This isn't, so what's my part? Well, here's something you can do because there is a part that we're supposed to play that adds to what we believe. It's right there, so let's read it together. But also for this re very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What do you know about God? This is Paul's whole thing. Think of what he said to the Philippian church. <laughs> I counted everything as loss to have this knowledge. Oh, that I might know him. Can you hear him pleading? Like, like th this is a, like, we always talk about Abraham and stuff. Listen, for us in the church, Paul was our father. There's no church on the earth that would, that would be here. They wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for Paul. might know him what's your part oh that I might know him to just add these things into your life and when and the word add on there is it's not like putting something in with your detergent to make it better this is the stuff of life for he who lacks these things short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. When I am in the pursuit of the knowledge of Christ in me, Paul, I, I, I move away from the sin manager. If I don't do that, guess what I go back and do? Semi-Pelagianism. Boy, I keep doing this again, man. I thought I was free of this. What's wrong with this? I better 
and then we find the other things that we try and add into our life to overcome those other things. It doesn't work. Did you try that? Oh, come on, you did. You just don't want to raise your hand this morning. You tried it, and guess what you did? Failed again. The big game show buzzer. No, you're not the guy on Jeopardy. You are not going to win a million dollars doing it that way. As a matter of fact, you're going to get exasperated, famished, weak, helpless, lonesome, because you'll start avoiding brothers and sisters. <sighs> totally depressed. There's nothing more depressing than dealing with your sin. Think about it. Just think. What do I do with it? Reckon yourself dead. That's all Ephesians 6 does. Look, it's not Jesus dying for you. It's Jesus dying as you. This is how Paul saw himself. This is what we're supposed to get. You died. Your life is hidden in Christ. He goes to Galatians. And the life you now live, you live, well, how? In the Son of God who gave himself. Huh. I tried to do all the other stuff, and it leads to the same. And you see in here, I used to teach this as a progression. I don't know if it's a progression or not. This is what I know. When I look at these things and meditate and pray into these things, then I get the rest, then we'll do the rest of the verse. Verse 10, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you won't stumble. When you're focused on gaining the knowledge of Christ, guess what? You don't stumble. If you do that confession we confessed this morning, you will do more to circumvent sins in your life than anything else. Matter of fact, you're not dealing with it anymore. So guess what? It doesn't, it doesn't be an issue anymore. I've had, uh, so, uh, are most of the little kids going? So let's, let's deal with the issue of pornography today. Oh, it's rampant. So I watch guys trying to fight pornography. Guess what? You'll lose. By the way, there's lots of women that fight it too. You'll lose. You'll lose. It always wins. Sin is the master of the flesh. So instead of combating pornography, what could you do? What's, what's really the answer? Huh? The mouse does not have control of you unless you let it. So again, that's Romans 6. If you let the mouse control you, guess who it'll control? How do you like that? Men and women being controlled by a mouse. How weird is that? Most people are either disgusted by mice or, or some are scared of them. I don't, you know, I don't understand. It's just little ones. Rats? Yeah. There's a few rats around too, but... Listen, pornography is not the big bataboo that we think it is. Christ died and conquered it. 
If you keep trying to fight it, guess how you're going to handle it? You will lose to it over and over and over again. What if I let Christ win? What if I trusted three or four people to go tell them I have an issue about it? And they won't reject me, but instead they will pray with me and see Christ in me. I don't have to walk in the shame of what I've done or what I'm about to do or what I want to do. And instead, they bless me with the prayer that I just prayed when we started. And they presented me so that I was hearing it, that they see me by the Spirit and present me in Christ to Christ and stand with me in Christ. What what would happen inside of us? I don't know about you, I can't beat sin. Jesus did. So who am I going to run to? Come on, we can, you know, I can get really campy here. Who are you going to call? Sin buster. Broke it. He broke the power over it and gave you a gift of righteousness. So if you started declaring yourself righteous instead of declaring that you're hooked on pornography, what will happen? You get free. You're adding to your faith knowledge. Are you getting this? What's our part? Add to your faith. Start with where you believe and add things in. And the other stuff... Um, I don't know, it got to the point where even the issue of having the controller on the TV, I don't even care anymore. I watch one or two programs. I don't want you to become like, I don't want you to turn that into religion. It's just like, it's all pointless. What's up, Blacklist? I kind of like that. So I want to talk about something. Look, Titus 3, verse 4. Here's the revelation that overcomes these things, whether it's pornography, whatever the issue is. I picked that one because I've had about 10 people in the past three weeks uh, come to me about that. And nobody in here, by the way. <laughs> so that you're wondering if I'm actually preaching at somebody in here. It wasn't anybody. It was all people outside of here. Not to say it's not an issue here. Titus 3, 4. Look at this. When the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared toward us. There's a, there's a moment in time that Paul says, this happened when Jesus showed up. He's telling us about that moment in time, that Kairos time when God showed up. But you see, that Kairos time, because of who we are and the impartation happens over and over and over again. We know and we understand that by the tense it was written in in the Greek. This is a now ongoing. It wasn't a this happened once. This is a now ongoing. God wants to reveal his kindness to you. That overcomes sin. 
So you look at that, then you go back and compare it to what Peter's writing here in 2 Peter. And here, really, really it's a progression thing. But listen, it's so high on the hierarchy. He says, what's just under love? Brotherly kindness. What if, what if you just added a dose of kindness in your life towards others? Kindness is not, I mean, think of what's going on in our nation. It is not kind. Would you like to enter politics today? No, thank you. Would you like to enter the education system? I would be scared to go into teaching today. Would you like to enter the ministry? With the moral accusations that are sent at every pastor who tries to stand with Christ? No, I don't think I would have had the courage to do it. I don't know, maybe I would have because Jesus might have put it in me. I'm actually pretty courageous. I like being myself. And I don't really, uh, <coughs> if you can receive it, give a rip what others think. I'm just me. I'm just me. I think he would do that no matter when it happened. But How kind are you? A little kind, like I'm pretty sweet to my wife. Really? Would she say you're a kind person? How important is kindness? Well, if you look at these things that you're supposed to add to what you believe, this is really your part to do. Wow, kindness. Here's what kindness is and the different definitions of them. So I, I've uh, compacted them down to you. Being disposed to being helpful. This was my mom. My mom was so helpful. She was just, when we were doing Mother's Day, I was, that was the one thing I went, oh, I was telling Jim Subers this week, my mom was so kind. She's just a kind person. How did she do that? Well, some people are wired to be this way, to be con that. And really, when you think about it, this is how we do that thing that we call, where, when we start using our church language, we say, let's minister one to another or let's serve one another. That's, that's really what we're talking about. It's just being helpful with each other. Romans 12, verse 10 says this, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. So he, he, just like Peter did here, Paul wraps love around kindness. Is brotherly kindness higher than another? Well, it really is in, the, in this sense. If I treat you like my family and I treat you very kind, then other people see that and they get hungry for God. Not a program not an evangelistic campaign, people who are kind because they're brothers and sisters. They're just kind to each other. It's kind of, I, I really like being around you. I really like being around you. Love it when you guys come to the house. I, you know, all of you, I really like, Chad, because no, it gets a bit of a, <laughs> no, I love you, buddy. She pulled in my driveway the other day, I just started smiling. I just started smiling. Listen, if you even get this in it, if you add this type of brotherly kindness one to another, think about how easily Jesus was interrupted. 
I spent most of his time walking around, deciding where to go. Father, where are we supposed to go? You haven't told me anything yet. Father, Father, which one? Which, which town? Which, which place? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, okay. Easily interrupted. I was going to Capernaum, but I'll hang out here with a while if that's what you really need. He's just so kind. Isn't that kind? What if in your marriages, guys, there's conviction, obligation from Lloyd. What if you started being really kind to your wife this week? What if you did number two, engaged in gestures of goodwill? Like, what if after she got done cooking the meal, or maybe you go, honey, I'll cook the meal. What if you just said, hey, don't worry, let me clean up tonight. See, in the economy of God, I'm telling you something. In the economy of God, that's me displaying Christ to someone. Not validating the gospel, but the gospel validating me. Christ is in me. Therefore, I am kind. If we built marriages around that, how different would they look? Some of you have done that. Very well done. I know, I know lots of couples in here who practice this with each other regularly. It involves being considerate enough. Being considerate is so important. To speak and be friendly to others. Here's something I made a commitment to myself with, with the kids. This bugs some of you, because I know you like things orderly and stuff. I don't care if the kids run around in church. I don't care if they get in your way when you're going up and down the hallway. I don't care if they roll down that hill. I jump over them. I skip with them. I look at, this is their house. Well, yeah, but you have to, like, train them in the way they should go. So the pastor should line them up and scold them for running. Now, you stop that running, and I mean it. They're going to go, jerk. Oh, boy, they're going to love their pastor. Well, you let them get away with stuff just to be close to them. No, I see them as Christ. And care for them. And let them interrupt me. What the parents know, what some of you don't know, is I keep snacks in my office for them. All they have to do is come ask. Politely, and I will tell them, take one. Because like any of us, they'll take nine little packs of thing. They're hungry, just like you and I. See, it's so, I, I don't do that. I actually learned it from Bickle, if you want to know the truth. Bickle goes into a speaking engagement to get an honorarium. He'd go to the bank and cash the check and ask for it in $1 bills. And then you may not know it, but he snuck through the back of the church handing out dollar bills to kids so that they could go drink another can of soda, which hyped them up when you took them home. <laughs> and he was doing it for a different reason because he and I talked about this. He was doing the mammon thing, that he was winning things for the kingdom through using mammon. And I understand that. That's a good principle too. But here's how the kids saw it. Kindness. So my, one of my sons would hang out by the soda fountain waiting for him to get back. Is Bickle out preaching this week? <laughs> Isn't that good? 
Some of you have been blessed by Mike. I, I think that would make him really happy. I think he would smile over that this morning and laugh. Here's the real thing about kindness and where the word's really tied into in the scriptures. We don't understand this. When you show kindness, you're being merciful. And that's the way kindness is actually translated throughout the word of God. Wherever you see in the Psalms or the Old Testament where it talks about God's loving kindness, that is a Hebrew word for mercy. That's why you sing Psalm 63. I've got it up there. We used to do that old charismatic. I mean, this is before the charismatic days. His loving kindness is better than life. You guys remember that song? His loving kindness. Yeah, I'm not going to sing it for you this morning because I don't have that good a voice. Is better than life. And what they're saying is, see, when the kindness of God appeared in our Savior, the Lord Jesus, that was mercy to you. It was God's mercy. It was God's kindness that brought him here. For God so loved the world. He loved the world in this manner. It was his kindness that sent Jesus to us. Can you imagine the dialogue that they had? Father and Son, it's time. Now, this will cost me everything. It's the Son, it's time. Okay, let me go in kindness. He comes as a baby. What a cry of kindness. Imagine what Mary felt. She knew. You guys don't think she didn't know. It says she pondered all those things in her heart. Can you imagine looking at his eyes? Think of the babies that you've had. Imagine looking into the eyes of Christ. <laughs> what she had been prophesied and told to. Uh, and the promise, Mary, this is going to really hurt. It's going to cost you everything. And she said, nevertheless, I have made the Lord. Mary, Mary was kind to us, you guys. God was so... He showed his mercy to us every time you, and and here's the thing, putting on kindness, displaying kindness is putting on Christ. We, We put on kindness. When you display a kind act, you put on Christ. Are you putting me on? We forgot the stuff and we made it all about going to the nations, doing this, this, this. How about just being kind to other people? How about being easily interrupted? Well, I was going to go to the store for cigarettes, but I'll go to Seattle if you want. That's in a song. It's one of my old favorite songs. Guy fishtails across four lanes of highway in California because the girl's standing there. And he said, I'm going to the store for cigarettes, but I'll take you to Seattle. God, if that kind of love can generate a man's heart, what can Christ do? Why can't... Oh, Jesus, I was going to dig the ditch more today, but okay, I'll go fishing with a friend. <laughs> Took a lot of kindness for me to hang with him. What a stand-up guy, right? What if you did something you really didn't want to do? 
and you went and dug the ditch for somebody else. What does kindness look to you? What does it look to you? What is it when you embrace it, when you add it to who you are? What does that look like in your life? You, you do have a part to play. And we'll look at the others, and this one's way high on the list. But, but this came up this week because uh, I, I got a text from a friend. He said, man, I got to talk to my kids about being kind, and I remembered your lesson. This is actually an old, old lesson. God revealed this to me years ago. I saw such unkindness growing up. And I went, and do, even in my most sinful state, deep inside of me, there was a place that wanted to be kind. I'm telling you, deep inside of you, because Christ is in you, kindness is there. The real, we're, we call it a fruit, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. When Christ came in, he planted the, you know, the incorruptible seed of himself in you. So when you're being kind, that's the seed of Christ. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's shining out of you. And it sparks something in somebody else's heart that makes them hungry for the same thing. You don't have to preach. Be kind. You don't have to tell them words about, you gotta, you got to get saved or you're going to hell. What if you were just kind to them? What if you didn't even warn them about hell, but instead just lived in brotherly kindness? Would they need to know about hell to get saved? I think so. Love wins, not fear of judgment. This making this is this is so stunning. This is see. Here's the other thing I'm so thankful for. Jesus made it so simple, I can handle this. I, I can understand, I can, I can grasp my little puny pea brain around that he would think it was really good to be kind because that's who he is. I can go, oh, and here's what I do. Here's what I say within myself. I can do that. I may not be able to do all those other things, but my goodness, I can be kind to an eight-year-old you can be kind to an 80-year-old. Some of the best times that Brenda and I had, we had, when we were in our 20s, we had these two friends that were both widows and both way past their prime in their 60s. <laughs> that wasn't kind. <laughs> and we just, we found a delight in serving them because I wanted to listen to their stories. So it's just like, I'll dig your ditch if you just talk to me. Because in there was wisdom. In theirs were, were, there were stories of redemption and loss. Of sacrifice and losing loved ones, raising their kids alone. Man, I learned about Jesus from those two ladies. Not just Jesus. One of them taught me etiquette because I didn't know how to do anything. I had to got involved in politics and I had to go to formal dinners and I didn't know which fork was for what. You know, back home it was everybody use a shovel. You know? 
we were we were Philistines, you know. And she was so kind. This worked for this. You worked starting the outside. You worked your way in. And she was so kind to me, guys. Bunny Lewis was one of the most kind people I ever knew. Brenda was convinced we should not have sugar in our lives, and we weren't supposed to drink sodas, and I had a penchant for cream soda. His loving kindness. And so she would pretend, this is what she would do to pretend with Brenda. She pretended one time to make tea. And brought me a cup of tea that had ice cubes floating in it. That was really cream soda. Well, Brenda decided in a moment of time that she wanted a drink of tea. Here comes Le Miserable, whoever the legalist is. Rosa, that's not tea. <laughs> and Bunny Lewis started laughing. The sweet, most devious, kind laughter you ever heard. And Brenda got over it too. Just being kind is good. But we all know this, there's a deeper kind of kindness. And that's really, that's really when you go beyond, that's when someone has been unkind to you. Because this is a thing, I, I, I practiced this a long time, you guys. This was really important to me, this whole issue. This is one of the add to your knowledge. This is one of the things the Lord showed me. I tried really hard when it was really hard was to be kind to the people who weren't kind to me. Usually it was the people I worked with. A lot of times it was the people who led me. Very close friends. But when we enter into mercy kindness, it comes from this. Even though Peter says, add this to, there's only one place that the equation can happen. And this is a really good equation. It's birthed out of his heart. When I get in touch with God's kindness, then I can be kind. The rest of the time, I couldn't. I can tell you story after story of serving, and when they abused the serving, I wanted to lop all their goat heads off. Yeah, that was, what, that was inside of me, but you know what came out of me? Just kept being kind to them, served them again the next night. Here's the thing, the text I got this week the person that thanked me for actually this lesson said to me, I can't just thank you for teaching it. I want to thank you that I saw it in you. Oh, you guys, I can't tell you what that did to my heart. That meant, because this is what it meant to me. Revelation of God. He won. He won. 
It was my part to play, to let people see he wins. What's my part? God wins. What's your part in life? Let, let them see that God wins. Put on Christ. He wins. Don't be kind to get something. Husbands and wives, I said that to you. Don't do it to get. Do it because Christ wins. You want to see changes in the other person? Do it because Christ wins, not to see changes in the other person. Just get that? Oh, it's a game changer. It really is. Let's close with this. Oh, by the way, there's all kinds of verses about kindness. Look at this. When the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards man, appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. And that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. When you show kindness, you're showing eternal life. Do you see the connection? That's why you add it to your life. When you add kindness, oh, it's not just a spice. It's not just turmeric that'll take away the inflammation. This is Jesus stuff. And the Jesus stuff works. It has to. It's incorruptible. It's the seed of Christ. Can I pray for you? Can you pray for me? Stand with me. He needs to